In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. As John's Gospel records, then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. This may be the most overlooked aspect of our Lord's suffering. The Roman punishment of verberatio, or flogging, was so severe that it could not be administered to a Roman citizen. The flagrum, or scourge, was a wooden handle with leather tongs, and the tongs were tipped with metal balls and with bone. Scourging covered the whole body. The wounds that it created were devastating. Skin and muscle were torn away. It was not uncommon for bone and organs to be exposed. In itself, this punishment meant permanent physical damage and lifelong deformity. It often meant death. I don't mean to dwell on the details unnecessarily, but this is what it means when the scriptures say, by his stripes we are healed. For the scourging, he would have been stripped of most of his clothing. Afterward, they pressed the crown of thorns into his head and wrapped a purple robe around him. The Greek grammar shows that the soldiers continued to mock him and continued to beat, them with their, beat him with their hands. They would later take off the purple robe, put him back into his own clothes, and lead him away to be crucified. Before nailing him to the cross, he was stripped naked. Mockery and total humiliation were the point. Most crucifixes, ours included, depict a loincloth, but this is for modesty's sake and isn't historically accurate. As Jesus hangs naked from the tree, our minds must be drawn all the way back to the beginning, to the tree by which our parents sinned, and in their sin first realized that they were naked. As Jesus hangs naked from the tree, we will also see the marks of the ancient curse. As you just heard, the woman was cursed in her childbearing, that with great pain and sorrow, she will not only raise children, she will not only bring forth children, but also raise her children. And so we see that Mary, Jesus' mother, looks upon her son as he is crucified. Again, as we just heard moments ago, the man was cursed in his labor, that the earth would produce thorn and thistle. And so we see Jesus' head wrapped in thorns. In other words, the cross is meant to draw our attention all the way back to the beginning. By a tree we sinned, and so by a tree we are restored. In sinning, we came to know nakedness and shame. By the nakedness and shame of Jesus, our sins are taken away. That we should be uncomfortable in our own skin and feel self-conscious and ashamed 
is an ever-present reminder. On the one hand, that we truly are Adam and Eve's children. And on the other hand, that our Lord Jesus has truly borne our griefs and carried our burdens, for such is his love for us. In the garden, Adam and Eve immediately attempted to sow fig leaves together in order to hide their nakedness. The origin of clothing, then, was an attempt to hide and cover our sin and shame. Luther liked to point out that sin makes us stupid. And nowhere is this more apparent than in Adam and Eve's attempts to hide their sin from God with a few fig leaves. Still today, we wear clothing to hide our nakedness. And still today, we foolishly attempt to hide our sins from God. If the desires of our hearts were to be laid bare and exposed for all to see, every last one of us would have our heads bowed in deepest shame, unable to look up. The evil thoughts, the sexual desires, and selfish wants, the impure motives, and jealousy, and resentment, the angry outbursts, the drunkenness and idolatry, the sins of darkness done in darkness, or at least away from the eyes of others. If we take the fig leaves of our own excuses and self-justifications away, this is what we find. Thus the prophet says, rend your hearts and not your garments. The ancient tradition was to express sorrow by tearing one's garments. God says, tear your heart, not your garments. Repent, be sorrowful. And here's why. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, the scriptures say. A broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. When we confess our sins to God, when we come to Him, not with proud hearts, but with hearts rent with sorrow and shame, He does not despise us. He has mercy on us. He forgives us. And He clothes us. Despite what pop psychologists and some confused Christians will tell you, sorrow over sin is godly and good. Lamenting, hating our fallen state and sinful nature is godly and good. For here we learn that we have no hope but that which God himself has given, Jesus. Jesus crucified for me and for you. When they stripped Jesus in order to crucify him, they divided his clothing among four soldiers. But his tunic was of one piece, a seamless garment. And they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it, to see whose it shall be. This, as John points out, is the fulfillment of a prophecy made in Scripture nearly a thousand years before. 
How does one orchestrate that? But this stripping of Jesus and this casting of lots for his seamless garment also indicates that quite literally, one of the very men who crucified Jesus will be clothed with Jesus' robe. St. Paul will later write, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized have been clothed with Christ? Because our sins put him on the cross, it is true that we have crucified him. It is also true that his seamless garment and the robe of his righteousness has been wrapped around us in order to cover our nakedness and shame. There is no clothing more holy than what you have been given. In your baptism, God has clothed you with nothing less than Christ himself. All your sins, covered. All your nakedness, covered. All your shame, covered. After the failed attempt by Adam and Eve to clothe themselves with fig leaves, the scriptures tell us that God covered them. And he covered them with the skins of an animal. So yet again, we see Jesus, the Lamb of God, stripped on the cross. And we see that his skin, so to speak, covers us. Just as God once clothed Adam and Eve, he now clothes us in Christ. So on the cross, we behold the lamb skinned, the man stripped, the God exposed for us men and for our salvation. Because he loved our lives more than he loved his own. Because he loves us more than he loves himself. Can you imagine a God like that? He is the one true God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.